I'm reading Psalm 40, 145, and um, we are going to be looking at the, the concept behind uh, the, the entire psalm, which is a psalm of praise, and I will be reading at the beginning of the sermon and at the end of the sermon. Uh, so we're going to read the first part of it from, oh, capture an attitude, there you go, <laughs> capture an attitude, and that's the title of my sermon is Capture an Attitude. And so we're going to read from Psalm 145 from the King James Version, and then at the end I'm going to read it from the Message Bible. Psalm 145, verse 1. I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever. Every day I will bless thee and will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works, and men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power, to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generation. The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up all those that be, that be bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thy hand and satisfied the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desires of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him but all the wicked will be destroyed. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. So as we think of this psalm, it is a psalm of praise by David, and what we are looking at and thinking of in capturing the attitude is to capture the good, the good in life, and to see the hand of God that is working in our lives. And David is writing about this, and he's talking about the goodness that God has and the goodness that God is to all of his people. Now, um, it's the things that God has given us, put in place in our lives, they're not necessarily to be stored away. It's like manna in the Old Testament where God brought manna down at night and the children of Israel, they didn't have anything to eat, and they would go out in the morning and they would collect it. And they would collect enough for them to have that day. But if they stored it overnight, it became moldy and filled with worms and everything else. And so it was, it was no good. So the idea behind this is that the Lord gives to us, is it in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. That God will give us divine provisions for every day of our life. And so God's provision is a constant God's provision is something that is constant in our lives and our hearts have a tendency 
than to cling to treasures. See, where your, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So as we look at what we are possessing and what comes into our life, we have a challenge that we would use it wisely and not be hoarding and not have a, a concept that we are clinging to it because in the clinging, it ends up being a treasure that <laughs> ends up destroying our heart. So it's not wrong to keep things, and it's not wrong to have things, but the idea of what does our heart cling to. So, so how do we respond to this daily gifts, these daily provisions that God places in our lives? The provisions that we see coming from the hand of God. Oh, you know, as we think about life, you know, things that come and go in our life, do you ever look at and not become... Um, well, it's like our, our grandson, Jack. Um, there's a, he has every toy imaginable. He has every instrument imaginable. He has uh, an accordion. He got that yesterday. He has a saxophone. He has, you know, I mean, he has everything you can blow, everything that you can string, everything that you can play. He's got a helmet for hockey. He's got hockey gloves. He's got hockey sticks. He's got ball bats. He's got balls. He's got soccer balls. He's got, I mean, he is totally provided. So whenever he goes to the store, he's got to have it, he's got to have it, he's got to have it, and when he gets it home, it goes with the rest of the stuff. Hmm. How many times do we look at all the things that come into our life and, oh, I already have that. I, already, I had that once before. You see, thanking God for his continuous provisions. Thanking God for his continuous provisions. God has given us many, 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 many things, many, many gifts, uh, many relationships, the good things that God is constantly bestowing upon us, and the idea becomes, are we just, hey, yeah, I had that, or are we grateful, are we thankful? People who are expressive of their thanks appreciate what comes into their life. We are expressing appreciation even if, We've had it before. It's still new. It's still there for us. So commitment to excellence. So as we look at our life and we recognize the gifts that is coming, what is the more excellent way that we should live? Well, commitment to excellence is not an act. It's an attitude. Being committed to doing the right thing, being committed to being thankful, being committed to having an excellent relationship with Jesus Christ is not something that's not necessarily an act, it's an attitude. An attitude that says to us, I am thankful for the goodness that God brings into my life. I am thankful for where all of this has come from, where it has all started. When we were um, in uh, Florida at the uh, convention, the minister's convention, there was a, ever heard of McGuire's Wax? Okay, you know, car wax. Well, we met the guy who owns it, and his grandfather is actually the individual who uh, made the formula that goes with McGuire's wax. Well, he was a um, salesman of, of um, furniture polish, and he prayed that God would give him a formula. He made the formula in his garage with a mixer, okay? This was not some mega million project this was a guy who was a christian devoted devoted to god devoted to god and he prayed about having the right formula for his his uh, wax that he was making for on furniture 
Well, he, has, he came up with this formula, put it together, and thus has become Meguiar's. Now, other companies and other things that's now bought out by someone else, but they still don't have the formula because when they break it down to its components, they're incompatible. <laughs> that's why Meguiar's wax is so different than everything else on the mar market because the, it, it comes together in a way that when you break it down, it doesn't work. God has a way of bringing things into our life. And it does work, just like the um, bumblebee can't fly. Did you know that? Bumblebees can't fly because their wing size is not big enough for their mass, their bodies. So it is impossible, it's incompatible for them to fly. So in our lives, there are things that we look at and they seem incompatible and that they won't work together, but as we focus on God and how God brings things together, things change. So the attitude, an attitude that is captured, and captured means an act of catching, winning, gaining control by force. Capture. So an attitude that is captured did you ever think of capturing an attitude? You ever think of that? Well, maybe, uh, how about a negative attitude? People, people that have negative attitudes feel that they've been captured by their negative attitude, okay? You know, you know it's like people who are, are, who are constantly down on everything. You know what an optimist is, don't you? It's a pessimist with, ex no, do you know what a pessimist is? It's an optimist with experience, you think, you know. You know, we're going to dry, we're going to, we're going to join the procrastinators club, but I just haven't got around to it. So, it's a little joke there. So, we're going to keep procrastinating. So, the idea here is a negative attitude is if we have a bad attitude, it seems like the attitude owns us rather than we owning it. It is something that we have captured that now possesses us. Well, an attitude is a mental position with regard to a fact or state. I have developed, I, I am a, I am a um, people would say they're a pessimist. I'm a pessimist because of the experience that, that I've had in my life. I am, you know, uh, it, uh, what was another man said, um, don't confuse me with the facts, my mind's made up. Uh, so we, you know, it isn't that I'm stubborn, it's just that I'm right. <laughs> so we have attitudes. We have attitudes that we have developed and that we've put in place. And an attitude is a mental position, a mental position with regard to a fact or state, feeling or emotion towards a fact or state. So as we look at our life, we are capturing attitudes. And we capture an attitude until the attitude captures us. Hmm. We all have attitudes. Some of them good and some of them bad. Attitudes arrived at are arrived at by perceptions. So let's go to church. <laughs> let's go back to school. I never forget this one. Okay. We we moved to Winber 33, 34 years ago. <laughs> It was, it was somewhere around Valentine's Day, the weekend before, weekend after was our first day at school. And I remember walking over, and Rachel was in kindergarten, right? 
first grade. She's in first grade, and I walked into the school, and they had the wood floors across the street there. And I walked in, and I smelled the smell of the wood floors and the stuff they, you know, they put on there to take care of the wood floors. And I go, oh, smells like a school. She goes, oh, smells like a school. You know? <laughs> you know? I was like, oh, my, this stinks. And she's like, whoa, this is lovely. You know, I'm home again. And, and so we have this going on. And the attitude then is something, a perception that we have about a particular event. And we all have them. You know, let's paint the house. Let's mow the grass. <laughs> let's... Buy a new car. Let's buy a used car. Let's go on vacation. You know what I like? You ever see that commercial on TV where the camel walks in to the, into the office and it's walking around and he's going, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? You know, he's kind of like, it's a camel walking around the office. Guess what day? Nobody's paying attention. And finally some, somebody says, it's over the hump day. Yeah, it's over the hump day. And it's, it's, it's a funny thing. Okay. But anyhow, <laughs> it is capturing an attitude. And an attitude has captured a mental position on each of these areas of our lives. We have captivated a mental position almost on every aspect of our life. Now, this is the hard part. What position dominates our life? You know? This is where we look at the sliding scale. Am I more positive than negative, negative than positive? Is everything bad in my life? Is everything good in my life? What type of position do we have? Well, the psalmist here speaks of praise to God and how God's goodness comes to our life and, came and has come into his own life. So how aware are we about our captured attitudes? How aware are we of our captured attitudes, our perceptions, our feelings, the chain, chained up, sh- shackled up attitude? Do you feel locked up in a cell of defeat? Do we feel locked up in a, in a cell of discouragement and of bad attitude? Well, I, w- I have this... There was years ago, I was at um, Johns Hopkins at uh, a seminar there, and the speaker uh, talked about this individual and how that this individual was abandoned as a child, had spent his early life being shuffled from house to house, from home to home, and he had been in, you know, he spoke about this man being in a number of homes until he was about nine or ten, and each of these homes he was severely beaten or whatever, and the last home that he was in, that he would actually, before he could go to school in the morning, he would have to lay in the bathtub to soak the sheets off of his body from the beating the night before where the blood had dried the sheet to his skin. Okay? And when he was 14, I believe that was about the age, he was about 14 years old, he ran away, and he joined a gang, Hell's Angels, and he was, that was his family. And he went into this family, and he was a very, very uh, good member of this, of this club that he belonged to, of his family. And then one day, whenever he was, I think he was around 18, 20, he's talking about this guy, being about 18 or 20, and, you know, he, he had, you know, and 
no real formal education, and he was in this big fight, this big gang fight, and his best friend standing beside him was killed by a shotgun blast just in front of him. And it was at that moment that this man decided that his attitude of hatred and bitterness and abandonment had to change or he was going to die like his friend. See, his, his captured attitude, which was his perception and a right perception of his life, was one of being abused and beaten and rejected, and he found a place that would accept him, and he could, be, he could abuse and you know, hurt other people, and it fit his attitude that he had. But he came to a realization that if he didn't change, he was going to die. And it was at that time he left the Hells Angels and went back to college and went back to high school and got his GED and then went on to college and he was the doctor who was speaking to us in that forum. <laughs> he was the doctor that was speaking to us in that forum. You see, he captured an attitude that had come up through his life and he had captured an attitude of abuse and of, of hatred and, and of hurting but he realized that he had to abandon that captured attitude to take on a different perspective of life or he was going to die. Well, most of us don't face those life-death situations. We are kind of in a, yeah, in a gray area of attitude and expectation and, and what we do. But this, we have an attitude and we have something that we have captured. And the challenge for us is to recognize those captured attitudes, those captured perspectives that we have about ourselves and about life. And, and the sad thing is, they are based upon the past. <laughs> They're based upon past experiences. You see, praise is to be an expression of favorable judgment. When I am thankful to God... When I give thanks, in all things give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. When God tells us to be thankful for what approaches our life, even the difficulties, even the things we can't see beyond and think this is the most de devastating part of our life, we are to give thanks to God because we believe that God has a favorable expectation, a favorable outcome for our life, even though we don't see the reasons. So, judgment and expectation in praise give us a whole different perspective of what comes. The psalmist declares, God does all things well. This, this psalm, God does all things well. The Lord is gracious and he is full of compassion. Praise is to adore, to worship, to applaud, to commend, to compliment, to salute that God and God's involvement are in every aspect of my life, so I am capturing an attitude that God is going to work his will out in my life, that God is going to work his, his perspectives and his purpose out in my life. So David in this psalm has captured the attitude of, the attitude of praise, praise for life that he has found in God. God is worthy of all praise. That's a captured thought. That's a captured attitude. 
So when it comes to life and the critical things, is whether you take things for granted or you take them with gratitude. When life comes at us, it is a critical thing if we capture an attitude of, oh well, I've had this before. Or we capture the attitude of gratefulness. Praise and gratitude are captured thoughts. Praise and gratitude are captured thoughts that we have held captive to us. You see, the scripture that says to us that you cannot serve God and money, you cannot serve uh, God and the world, you know, I used to think of it in a, in a perspective of, well, that's me trying to decide between good and evil. Well, the, the, the larger picture is God is saying, you know, in, in, the, in this, the idea of slaves, in the old, you can't be a slave to two masters. Only one master owns you. Okay? So whenever you are a slave, you cannot have two masters. You can only have one. One owns you. You can't work for two can only work for one. And that's the concept here. No man can serve two masters. God wants ownership of us, but so does evil. <laughs> so does, you know, going the wrong direction. They want ownership of our life, and we are choosing which one we will take. So both lay claim to us, but we cannot capture both negativity and praise. We can't capture both of them and hold them in the same cage or hold them in the same body or hold them in the same philosophy. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, and the King James says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Everything that would bring, raise itself up against God, we've got to capture it, as it were, and destroy it, bring it into captivity so that it will not have its influence upon the rest of our life. The Message Bible says, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 6, The world is unprincipled. It's a dog-eat-dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. But we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. The tools of God's word are for destroying the things that would destroy us. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. See, God, you know, think about how that God would want us to be thankful and to be grateful, how that God would want us to do the right things for the right reasons. Why? So that we would be blessed. God isn't trying to get us to do something in order to punish us. He's trying to get us to find fulfillment in our life. We live our life in the light of eternity, eternity future. It is this light of our future that shines back on our todays. 
You know, living by yesterday and by yesterday's experiences is living in the shadow of that which is past. If we focus on all of our failures and focus on all of yesterday's, even yesterday's successes cast their shadow over the present that we can't make right decisions because of yesterday's experiences. And yesterday is gone. Sounds like a song, right? (laughs) Yesterday is gone. It's over. And yes, we've learned from it. Yes, it is part of us. Yes, it has an important role in our life. But our decisions are based upon our understanding of where God is taking us. And our future is an eternal future with God's light shining back upon our life. And Christ is the light of our path. He is the light of our life. And his light shines into darkness and disperses it. So you see, our life is in front of us. This is what David in this psalm is declaring to us. And gratitude, gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos to order, confusion to clarity. Gratitude, it can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, a stranger into a friend. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for our today. Gratitude creates a vision for tomorrow. So as I am allowing God to be involved in my life, I am capturing gratitude. I am capturing an attitude of being grateful. I am capturing this gratitude for, and it becomes a necessity to complete life and to fulfill life and that praising God is the foundation for being grateful. That God is in charge and God is working in my life. So, my perspective of life, it's limited. It's limited by what I see, what I understand, what I thought. And it's so narrow-minded and it's such a narrow picture. But when I start praising God thanking God for what has come into my life, I have a different perspective. Praise him. Praise God that he loves me. Praise God that he has grace for me, that his grace is sufficient and his mercy is beyond measure. His friendship and his guidance are given to us freely. We don't earn it. He loves us and he he bestows it upon us. So Jesus Christ will turn our life toward heaven. Jesus Christ will turn our life towards heaven and the light of eternity will shine back on us and we have a goal that no matter where I go, God is with me. Though no matter how long I live, heaven is my home. No matter what happens to me in my life, God is with me and he will keep me. I am safe in the arms of my Father. Do we understand that human logic actually feels that our past resembles eternity? You ever hear people say, I'm living in hell. My life is hell. There can't be a hell afterlife because I have it now. (laughs) And they're looking at their past and saying, that is eternity. It's not eternity. It's only life. The past experiences become our reference point. But we find that the scriptures become our reference point that guide us towards the future, forgiving us of our sins and failures of the past, 
making sense of the difficulties that have gone on in our life so that God is going to turn it all to the good. So, the past is the thing least like eternity. The past is frozen in time. The past no longer flows. The past can never change. It's like watching an old movie. My wife says, did we see this before? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, don't you know the outcome? Yeah, but I like to watch Clint Eastwood, you know? <laughs> you know, I like to watch the Pale Rider and the whatever, you know? I've seen it before a hundred times, and the ending never changes. That's people who replay the past. The ending never changes. But as we look to our future, praising God and thanking God for all the things that come into our life, whether we understand them or not, we have captured an attitude captured an attitude of thanksgiving. We are allowing the divine principles of God's word to be in our hearts and in our lives, that we are writing them upon our hearts. We are imprinting them upon our minds. They are on our lips. The Message Bible says, we use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies. Warped philosophies. Tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God's word. Fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure that is a life shaped by God. It says our tools are ready at hand. Our tools are ready at hand. They're already in our hands. What are the tools? The tools of God's word. Capturing an attitude. And I want to read Psalm 145 again from the Message Bible. And it says, I lift you high in praise, my God, O my King, and I'll bless your name into eternity. I'll bless you every day and keep it up from now to eternity. God is magnificent. He can never be praised enough. There is no boundaries to his greatness. Generation after generation stand in awe of your work. Each one tells stories of your mighty acts. Your beauty and splendor have everyone talking. I compose songs unto your wonders. Your marvelous doings are headline news. I could write a book full of the details of your greatness. The fame of your goodness spreads across the country. Your righteousness is on everyone's lips. God is all-merciful and grace, not quick to anger, rich in love. God is good to one and all. Everything he does is suffused with grace. Creation and creatures applaud you. Your holy people bless you. They talk about the glories of your rule. They exclaim your splendor, letting the world know of your power for good and the lavish splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is a kingdom eternal. You never get voted out of office. God always does what he says and is gracious in everything he does. God gives a hand to those who are down on their luck, gives a fresh start to those ready to quit. All eyes are on you, expectant. You give them their meals on time, generous to a fault. You lavish your favor on all creatures. 
Everything God does is right. The trademark on all his work is love. God's there, listening for all who pray, for all who pray and mean it. He does what's best for those who fear him, hears them cry out or call out and saves them. God sticks by all who love him, but it's all over for those who don't. My mouth is filled with God's praise. Let everything living bless him, bless his holy name from now to eternity. David has captured an attitude of praise. He holds it fast to himself. He has written it upon his heart. He has imprinted it upon his mind. When he sees things coming at his life, he is thankful to God because God has a way of working in him and working through the things that he sees. Even though we can't see, even though we can't understand, the God who holds all things holds us in his hand. I will capture the word until the word captures me. (laughs) I will capture the word and hold it fast in my life until my life is held fast by the word. Shall we stand? (laughs) So the idea is to give thanks and to praise to God that we open our hearts and our minds to be receptive of what God wants to do. And we can't determine the outcome and why the ba- is this good or bad or whatever that comes into our life. But as we are thankful, as we are grateful, it gives us a new perspective. And the light, I, I never thought of it until this writing this, that looking, always living in the past, the past shadows over our present, influences us. But as we look forward into the future, trusting God Eternity is our home, and the light of God in the future and the light of God's presence in our life shines back to us now and where we stand and where we are going because this is my direction. Heaven is my home. God is with me. He will light my path. He will help me in the making of my choices as I thank him for all the difficult and all the choices that come into my life. I thank him. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love. Help us, Lord, as we read this psalm and over and over again, as we think about it, as we meditate on it, as we see your hand through and your words through the prophet David, that you will touch our lives and help us, Lord, to capture the attitude of gratitude and of thankfulness to you. Thank you, Lord. Hold us fast, fast to these truths we pray in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. God bless you.